I have a question for Andy. Okay. I hate to I hate to bring up the stereotype, but unfortunately, <laughs> this this you know exactly what I'm going to ask. Paul, no, right? I don't. I just I just love the introduction. Yeah, the chest player had terrible teeth. Yeah, yeah, go on. Well, yeah, I mean, number two had terrible teeth. I was like, oh, oh my, oh, oh my God, I didn't think that was really a thing. I mean, it could just be he had just bad bad teeth. I, I was just like, wow. Well, but it, his smile was great. I mean, and then it wasn't, and then it wasn't. I think it was enhanced by his bleached blonde hair. I don't. I I couldn't figure it out. And then did did he get popped in the lip too? At one point, it looked like somebody. No, he 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 also played Joe Nita. What? He played Joe Nita. He's the same actor. What from? No, 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 no. When I say popped in the lip, lip, it looked like his lip was swollen at some shots. No, he's always got lips like that. Oh. Mm. Okay. Where am I? The Voyager cast. Who are you? The second in command. What do you want? To cover every iteration of Star Trek. I will not watch Voyager, Enterprise, Picard, Lower Decks, Prodigy, or Discovery. My life is my own. By hook or by crook, you will. I am not a prisoner of your podcast whims. All right, you want to do the prisoner? All right, then. The Village People, an exploration of the prison. With Paul Spataro, Dave Pascarella, Bill Robinson, and Andrew Lamb. Anyway, we should talk about the prisoner. Oh, just, well, but, just a dicky oh. thing on that. Uh, there, I only found, like, one legitimate prisoner page on Facebook besides ours. So I joined it, and I specifically oh, no. asked, you know, am I allowed to, uh, to, to, you know, to post things about the show? And they said, well, as long as you're an active participant in the page, you know, then it's okay. You know, we don't want you to just come here to, to post your show and, and nothing else. So I, I joined the group, and then I've been, I've posted a few things, and I've responded to some comments, and you know, given my own comments, and you know, I've tried to be active, and then I, I put up. Yesterday, I put up a thing saying, you know, well, we're doing a podcast if anybody's interested. And I put a link and uh, I got kicked off the, the uh, page. <laughs> Jeez. That's like, f*** you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a shame, that, because mostly I've found prisoner fans on the Internet to be OK. Yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's really just, you know, if you're interested in the show, you know, I, I'd like the people who are interested in the show to listen. And where am I going to find a better forum to to throw it to them then there yeah I, d I don't understand that we're doing a show about this thing that you like you may like it come and listen i, I don't think that's a breach of any pages etiquette or anything but mm. i'm not running the page so yeah. all right andy you ready always oh yeah i bring it in don't i <laughs> 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 you think I'd remember after 15 shows or however many we've done oh yeah but it's been a couple of weeks months it does it's well before Christmas isn't it? I think so hello everybody and welcome to village people takes glasses off fiddles with them today's episode of the prisoner is puts glasses back on fiddles with them 
It's Your Funeral. And Joe 90 is number two. I am Andrew Leyland, and as ever, I am joined by, takes glasses off, fiddles with them, Paul Spataro, puts glasses back on, fiddles with them, Dave Pascarella, Hello. takes glasses off, fiddles with them, and our very own takes glasses off person, Bill Robinson. On today's program, trampolines, watches, and bombs, and some glasses. Oh my. Oh my. Plenty of glasses action in this episode. I can only assume Anthony Stewart Head, in preparation for his role on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, watched this episode multiple times. <laughs> the glasses action is off the chain, guys. It was endearing, though. In fact, it was, and it's so funny as well, because it completely screws up continuity from shot to shot. Do you notice? They'd be like, his glasses are off, his glasses are on, they're in his hand, they're not in his hand, they're over there, they're behind, they're there. It's every slight, he was taking them off and putting them on so much, the, the editor just went, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so Genuinely smooth. Genuinely funny glasses. Smoke, he whipped them out with the one, that's the way I put my glasses on. I And I pull them out, flip them open, put them on my face. Look at something, take them out, flip them back, put them in my pocket. I, I, I think it's this... Because he, he, they've got the very thick frames. Thick. Yes, mine the are the John Lennon glasses, so I can't do it. Yeah. Well, but that, that, that's because so he's, that, got that hidden, he's got that hidden microphone in there. He's got that hidden thing in there, yes. That is very yeah. true. At the end of the episode. But before we get into that, let's tell everyone which episode it is. Should I, oh. I should probably do that, I think. Go back. Tell them I was not interested, that I wouldn't even listen. I won't go for it. Whatever it is. So you may as well stop trying. We never stop number six. Now we'll see how accurately they've timed it. She was given a drug yesterday, one of the new super strength milk that we've developed. She doesn't know anything about it. A beautiful young girl in danger is used to decoy the prisoner into intrigue and assassination in It's Your Funeral. Behind this prison for life, all of us, but I've met no one here who has committed a crime. Some other way, then. Not by an act of murder. Assassination! Call it what you like. The important matter is that the entire village will be punished. The prisoner is forced to protect the tyrant who would destroy him in the next desperate adventure of the prisoner on this channel. Keep away! Funeral is the episode. It was written by Michael Cremoy and directed by Robert Asher. Well, all right, a bit of it was directed by Robert Asher. Lots of it was directed by Patrick McGowan. It originally aired on ITV on Friday the 8th of December 1967, commanding 9.3 million viewers. And it first aired on CBS on Saturday the 10th of August 1968. The synopsis in The Prisoner, a complete production guide by Andrew Pixler, should you be interested in purchasing this book. We do not get royalties, but we should. Cry wolf often enough and no one will believe you when the cry is genuine. One man and one man only among the villagers is likely to prove a stumbling block in the way of a planned murder. Number six. Somehow he has got to be discredited so that no one, not even the intended victim, will believe his warnings. 
Number two in this episode was played by Darren Nesbitt. The retiring number two was played by Martin Miller. But this one has an all-star cast. No, 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 no. Are you sure? Which we'll get into. Yeah, that's what it says in the book. (laughs) No, that's not what... Well, I mean, I guess... Oh, no, Andre Van Geisenkamp, sorry. Yeah, 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 okay. The wrong way around, yeah, sorry. Martin Miller was the watchmaker. I do apologise. That's what happened. To read makes our speaking English good. (laughs) Yes, so we'll get into the all-star cast in a minute after we do our regular gubbins of who we would like to see as number two. Now I was I was geared, governed, directed, whatever you want to say, by Darren Nesbitt's lush platinum blonde hair in this episode. That is not his regular hair colour, but nor was it a really because it looked so natural. It. Yeah, well, I know, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, and you're right. That looks like genuine hair, but it was he was he had dyed it for another production. And he was preparing to to dye it back to its regular colour when apparently Magoon saw him and said, nope, leave it. (laughs) And he probably said it in his number six voice. No, leave it. Leave it. Yeah, that's it. Leave it alone. And and then he walked off and... You will not dye your hair. (laughs) Did he walk up and go, who who are you? I'm I'm Darren. What are you doing here? I'm I'm playing number two. <laughs> I'm thoroughly confused. So distracted by the her, I thought, well, it's it's Rutger Haller, right? Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. one. Uh, so it's, so it's either him or David Soul, but uh, David Soul's five or six years away from fame yet. Yeah, that's the problem. Is I had two <coughs> two number twos, uh, and neither one of them is contemporary now or at the time this was made. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they could have done it, but the the look I was looking for wouldn't have been contemporary with then. I mean, they were both around then. Uh, as as the the younger number two, I had David Bowie. Oh yes, mm-hmm. good call. Yeah. And as yeah. the outgoing yeah, yeah. number two, I had Edward Woodward. Ah, oh. good choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go in with the youthful, vibrant energy and that constantly caffeinated feel that he's got going in this episode if you're going to flip it Thingy would be really good at it Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick could do that youthful, over caffeinated whipping off the glass, he's always thinking and scrappy and moving around a lot but she's not blonde she yes. has to dye her, neither was he Darren Nesbitt wasn't blonde, dye her Anna but again, he looks so natural it does, it, it looks very convincing, he's Ed Straker oh I didn't realize that. It isn't really Ed Striker. <laughs> That's why Dave didn't realize it. He goes to the same hairdresser, I think. God. I, the glasses kept, kind of formed my uh, my number two choice because all I saw was David Tennant. As, ah, you got the same one as me. Uh, as, you know. When when he played the doctor with the glasses, yeah, and we're that going made, with a lot of X number X Doctor Who. I know, well, two, aren't we? I know because my the old <laughs> guy. I wanted to see David Tennant as two, 
and well as the as the younger two and i wanted to see peter capaldi as the retiring two that would be excellent choice or tom baker as he is now oh 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 yeah yes dave well, I, I, I stole your number two. Whoa, that is did, <laughs> But I, I, I got it from the uh, there's an Amazon program, Good Omens or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. He's got a die job that's very similar. <laughs> very true. Yeah. Either way, I think we're thinking Tennant would have been a good number two. Yeah, because this isn't the first time I think we've. Uh, no, he, I think we've come we've up had before. Matt Smith. We've had Matt Smith, Tennant, and Capaldi at this point, I think. And Eccleston. I think you've picked Eccleston, haven't you, Bill? I, I believe I did, yes. <coughs> Excuse me. So is that all our number twos out of the way? That's that's. We have cleared our number twos, so to speak. Good, 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 good. I'm glad it doesn't smell, is all I can say. <laughs> okay, it's your funeral. Do you want some behind the scenes snippets on this one? Sure. I read a few things that said... Um, some of the, the um, actors felt uh, that possibly Patrick McGowan had a nervous breakdown. Yes. Yeah. Annette Andre, who played the watchmaker's daughter, also was she number 50? Uh, which yes. Makes a, wakes a what? The third number 50 we've had. Well, what show so far? That, is then that number two's henchman, the guy in the pink suit. Yeah. His, Mark he, Eden. He was 100. That's very weird. Yeah. It's very strange. Annette Andra, better known for being Marty Hopkirk's wife on Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. Any of you ever see Randall and Hopkirk Deceased? No. no. Oh, wait. Oh, man. So she's not deceased? You're just saying the show is called? No, no. The, the show was called Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. And it was okay. about uh, Mike Pratt was mm, Jeff Randall and Kenneth Cope was Marty Hopkirk, private detective. And Hopkirk was murdered by a mob boss that his testimony put behind bars but he comes back as a ghost oh. and as a ghost only jeff randall can see and hear him and he helps jeff solve many a case and annette andre was his widow Jeannie hopkirk it's a great little show made by itc 1970 i think 1969 1970 uh, lovely little show and it was remade in the early 2000s with vic reeves and Bob Mortimer in the roles now, of Randall and Hopkirk. Is it a sitcom, which is what it sounds like, or is it like no, Dead Man? No, the, it's the an comic action book. adventure. It's like Dead Man. It's an action adventure show, but funny. There's a lot of humor derived from the fact that only Randall can see Hopkirk and, and so on and so forth. And as it goes along, like exactly like Quantum Leap, uh, that's what I was going to say. He can affect animals, and children can see him as well. Huh. So very similar to Quantum Leap. So she's best known for that. Mark Eden, boo, hiss, was the naughty... Well, I can't remember his name. Angela remembers his name. Alan Bradley, that was his name, in Coronation Street. Killed, killed to death underneath a tram on Blackpool Promenade whilst trying to murder poor Rita Sullivan. Can't have none of that. Rita's a national treasure in Coryland. Uh, Wanda Ventham's in this one. Wanda Ventham, Colonel Virginia Lake from UFO and loads of other stuff. Now better known, actually can't be introduced nowadays without the addendum, Benedict Cumberbatch's mum. She's in this one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it's an all-star cast of, uh, it's that guys! Most of whom had appeared in Danger Man with Patrick McGowan. But the general feeling from everybody, Wanda Ventham didn't get on with him. Annette Andre hated him. 
the feeling was he he was starting to crack under the pressure at this point and was editing and writing and even took over the directing of this episode, something that has happened before from the proper director and was 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 starting to suffer for it mentally to the point where every interview given that is included in this book has talked about how much they hated filming this episode to the mm. point where Annette Andre apparently tried to get out of it. And she's not even in it that much, but she's not in it that much because McGoohan apparently told the editor, cut her out as much as you can. <laughs> how kind. <laughs> yes. So he sounds like he was an absolute darling to deal with on this shoot. My well, speaking main... of... Well, speaking of editing... My... <laughs> did you take your glasses off when you did that and put them back yeah. on? You, you go first. Did you feel that this was almost a clip show in the editing? I was literally just going to say the same thing. My main issue is this one. It feels very padded. The Koshu game, and let's talk about that in a minute, <laughs> goes on for far too long and actually includes lots of footage from another episode where this game is played. And it seems like there's so much footage nicked from other shows. Yes, the workout just, in, well, yeah. in the woods. And wandering around the village. There's even a shot there. Now, it would, yeah, that was cut, though. That was cut from Arrival, but it was filmed for another episode. There's even a shot of him walking through the village from Arrival, but he's not wearing his blazer yet. He's still wearing the black outfit that he arrived in the village in. Mm. Now, I assume you're not going to notice that if you're watching it on 1960s TV. I don't see how you don't notice that he jumps up on the bars to do his exercise and becomes two completely different people. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't just become one stunt double, he becomes two. The guy who's doing the bars is different from the guy who does the somersault. <laughs> that that whole that whole activities progress sequence was just added. I it, I it just took me out of it. I was just like, wait. And 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 when uh she goes and brings him the results um, he's amused that the that that the computers are refusing to give some information, and he, he and Nesmith's response, you know, what are they going to ask for a union next? What are you talking about? <laughs> I I found the the whole exercise sequence though interesting because you know I keep saying oh when I retire I want to go you know to go to the gym regularly and exercise, which, you know, I probably won't do, even though it's my desire. But to see somebody who's there, you know, against his will, but that's what he's doing every day, it's like, well, that, that makes sense that that would be his his normal routine. Now, his normal routine is a little bit insane. Uh, but Well, <laughs> just a bit. But, you know, the, just the fact that he's, you know, doing physical activities to stay in shape and stay sharp, they, they probably should have had something in there where he was doing something also to exercise his mind. Well, he is. He's playing chess with number yeah, uh, 15 or number 11. That, and that and, doesn't and seem... he's 15 minutes with 11 moves. I guess. But it, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that, that qualifies. But they've shown him playing chess enough that I feel like that, you know, they should have had something else. I don't know. And he's posing mm. for a painting. <laughs> so that's when he's has time to meditate and work over his plans. And uh yeah, that painting is 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 he supposed to be rover? I just, just I just like, find that you know he's he's that he's so you know, such a uh a loner 
for the most part. And yet, you know, he, he gets somebody who's going to drive the boat so that he could water ski. He gets some guy to fight him in the uh, trampoline thing. You know, I mean, like, wh- who are these people? Why are they cooperating with him? Because they're because it's the village and everybody gets along with the, the he village. He doesn't get along with anybody. But he, maybe, he does periodically for an episode. He gets along with somebody and then he stops. But how long did you completely go without any human interaction? Like you can't me put me you know put me in well, in, the, in I, the prison box <laughs> with a with a, with a couple of boxes of comic books and food and I'm good. Nah, you'd get bored too. Yeah, in a couple of years. I occasionally have to come out of the garage here at the house. Every now and again. Yeah, for food. I, I didn't understand the, what this one was saying. All the others, they have a point, you know, if they're about education or the electoral process or whatever. Whatever the episode chooses to be. I didn't get what this one was saying. So the plot I... is... <clears throat> well, just to explain the plot a bit. Most people have probably seen the episode. But the plot is the new number two, Darren Nesbitt wants to assassinate the old number two, Andre Van Geisenham, on his retirement day. Six discovers this, discovers that if this happens, they will take it out on the village and decides that, you know, he's not going to let that happen. He doesn't give a toss about number two, old or new, but he's not going to let any innocent villagers be punished for this. So that's the plot. That's basically what was it saying? Terrorism is bad. Well, yes. But why I does he want was... to kill him? I don't understand that, first of all. Like, they don't give you any motivation, well, really, I... for that. And also, I... why are they having this whole big to-do about the outgoing number two? We've had number twos change over and over and over again so far, and there's never been a big to-do, uh, I guess, except for when they had the election. But other than that, there's, you know, they don't have ceremonies for these guys. He walks out of the room, and there's a new number two when he comes back. It happens all the okay. time. I think it's implied by what number two says uh and the old two andre that you know he's like oh you've you've been interacting with my other you know basically you've been interacting with the fill-ins while i have it like he is the number two that's that's the way i see the way they they're portraying this saying he is the the legitimate number two and everybody else has been stand-ins while Andre's on holiday, I guess, and he must go on holiday an awful lot. <laughs> so that's the way I'm seeing the way what I mean, the way they're describing it in the show and that and that Darren, number two, is going to become the new official number two. And then we'll still have, you know, stand ins that will come in through the rest of the series. That's the way I interpret what, what they're doing. Now, the reason they're going to kill him is because. Number two, Andre thinks, you know, well, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to retire and live my life. And no, you're not. They're going to kill you because I love it when Nesbeth is on the phone with obviously we believe number one. How many times have you been on a phone call like that where where you're you're trying to talk as an equal, but the person on the other end of the line is not your equal but your boss or someone h- higher up and you're like yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah yeah uh-huh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i thought he, i thought he sold that perfectly i thought that was great the whole every time he was on the phone sequence he's just getting smacked down <laughs> Try, trying to crack the bad jokes 
And he's just gonna like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If this doesn't go off, uh, yeah, you're you're gonna be in for it. All right, but now I think I've gone on way too long with that. What was the point again? I don't know. <laughs> no, that oh, the plot that this is this is the way the village is run. He is actually the official number two, and I guess they always, you know, you know, let's make he, a poster. He have to leave. Just like, wow, they make posters at the drop of a hat. Come on. Yeah, and they love making posters. I mean, yeah. you, could, you could argue it's about political assassination, which I suppose well, is, is, yeah. Well, yeah. well okay, if, 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 a, if a lowly spy can't retire, yeah, this how, how are you going to let the guy that runs the village retire and go out into the real world? You're not going to do yes. that. It's quite naive of him to think that's the case. Patrick McGowan even says... I don't care what happens to you when you leave yeah. here, just as long as, as it doesn't As long as you don't get killed here, yeah. But I didn't understand why Darren Nesbitt's number two was stood right next to him if he's going to get blown up. I I think it's a shape charge. It would only blow inward and kill. Yeah, that's uh-huh. that's the way I kind of figured that. It has to be something where it's just, you know, it's almost like a phaser hits him and he goes, and he disappears. Right. I did like I did like the Ryan Johnson levels of subversion going on. If you think about it, if this had been an American TV show or even another ITC show of the year, like The um, the Saint or Man in a Suitcase, that ending would have been a massive race against time. Six would have charged up the stairs, ran into the what the big finale, finale that was going on, the big wave goodbye thing, snatched a briefcase out of his hand, thrown it into the air, and it would have blown up. <laughs> and here, you don't get any of that. Only six... And the people involved know that this even happened. And what I love about that is that's enough for six. He's not only screwed over the old number two, he's screwed over the new number two before he even starts his <laughs> job and completely gotten away with it. It's one of the rare times he gets a locked on stone cold five star victory. And the fact that no one else knows this doesn't bother him. He knows that the people in charge know. And that's what he that's what he wants. I didn't think it was going to end this way, to be totally honest with you. I thought it was going to end with the helicopter exploding. I thought that as well. And again, that they didn't do that for a player to for a player for not doing what we expect them to do. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for the helicopter to explode also. I think that that was I. I got to think that they purposely set us up that way to think that so that they could. Do it different. I, I think it was deliberately written, but it was written by a guy who'd not written The Prisoner before, had never will write it again, but was more familiar with those other ITC shows of the era, the spy shows. It, this could have been an episode of The Saint. This could mm-hmm. have been an episode of Man in the Suitcase. It could easily have been one of those other shows. And despite that, despite the fact that it's padded, and there's no location filming in the village. It's all done on the back lot. And it's it doesn't feel like a proper prisoner episode. It's still good. I still loved every minute of it. I'm sorry, <laughs> we got on the, uh, the bars and started flipping. For some yeah. reason, all I kept thinking of was Clouseau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're expecting Cato to come after him. Right. Well, in the episode that he does that in, there are some guys that come up and I think they attack him. It, 
yeah, very that, much that's that's no we didn't that's footage from another episode we've oh, not okay. seen yet yeah i think it's because if i have a look in the book the koshos go can we talk about kosho kosho the game oh kosho oh. invented all kosho, i could think whatever all I could think, this this whole sequence reminded me of that horrible martial art they created in The Next Generation. Oh, yes, yeah, Ambu Jitsu. Ambu Jitsu, the ultimate, of, the ultimate evolution of the martial arts. What, you're going to put a helmet on and a stick. <laughs> well, yeah. well, well. And then she, and, and then she cheated. Blah, blah, blah is illegal. How can I keep you coming back? That's all I saw when I was watching Didn't this. Didn't Riker do that with his father? Yes, yeah. yes. He's like, and they, and they had to put on those like really, really yes. tight leotard outfits. No, they had like full pa- body padding with oh. with like a with like a blast helmet on, and you couldn't see anything. And they're each standing. Oh, that was. Uh, th- this was just as dumb. <laughs> yeah, was, but this, this was this worse. Was Oh, no, it, this at least looks like it would be fun. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is dumb, but I want to do it. I said the same to Ange. I, this, I have no idea what the rules are of this game. And I have no idea what the point is, but I would play no, it. No, if I played this game, they'd be, they'd be calling the EMS to take me off to the hospital for my heart attack. Andy, we have to make this happen. Yeah, it's because it's like they're bouncing on a trampoline and they can leap on the wall, but they can also punch each other. But one of them has to end up in the smallest swimming pool I've ever seen. Yeah, and probably what? as you fall into it, your head hits the, uh, yeah, the wall you and you, you break, break your, your neck. neck. That's yeah. why you get the helmet. That's why you have the, uh, the small bike. Your neck can't break if you have a helmet on. This, this looked like when they were putting it together, it was like the A-team. This is the stuff we have. You need to come up with a game out of this. <laughs> we, we have two trampolines, a bowl of right. water, and a rubber band. See what you could do. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it, and it needs to redress the number two office set. Right, right. That's all we've got. You've got a corner of that set. Go for your life. <laughs> you We're going to save imagine, Apollo 13 you know. with the stuff in this room. <laughs> and cue the music. It's, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know what that game was. I just know it looks like real fun. You know what it reminded me of? In, do you remember the old Battlestar Galactica? They yes. had like the version of basketball. Yeah. I wore these ridiculous outfits with like the tiny short shorts and the head things to protect the head. It and reminded like... me of that only Gubba. It's it. It looks like some game you would invent with your buddy, you know, like, okay, yeah. this is this is what we're going to do. This is, yeah, all right, all right, we're going to mark out these boundaries. You can't go here. You can't do here. They get from here to here. you got to run along this line. Uh, and if we fall in the middle, that's lava, and we die. <laughs> go. <laughs> it was, it's oh, it's yeah. a game you, put, you invent with your friend when you're seven. Drunk. <laughs> yes. Or drunk, yes. Right, let's have a let's have a say. Okay, they both wear long sleeved red nightgowns and white boxing boots. Each man has a white gauntlet on his right hand and a black boxing glove on his left. On the heads are American footballers' helmets of different colours to identify the combatants. 
Each man stands on a trampoline with a trough of water between them. The object of the game is for one man to try and knock the other off his trampoline into the water. The contestants can grab one another with the gauntleted hand, punch and knock with the boxing gloved ones. <laughs> Patrick McGoohan thought the name up and told me it was something to do with trampolines. <laughs> Patrick and the stuntman, uh, Mayor, Frank Mayer, came up with the whole thing. Is what? After they <laughs> smoked some really funny little cigarettes. Yes, after the weed man had dropped by. I just, uh. So, so I looked up the word kosho. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, like the first thing that came up is that like kosho is a word in Japanese for black pe- or for for pepper. So then I went to the Wikipedia for Kosho, and the prisoner is is on the list okay. as a, uh, but it's it's like one two three four five six seven down on the list of eight, and it says Kosho, a fictional martial art portrayed in the cult TV series The Prisoner. And then there's other ones, you know, there was a Japanese era span uh, from like 1455. Wow, only two years. Well, that was quick. Uh, it's a, a martial arts system of Kenpo. Uh, a pre-modern Japanese term for a page. Uh, so there's all, there are other, oh, and it's also a crater on Mercury. Yes. So there's all kinds of uh, other terms. For, I got to think that they for, were borrowing the from the Japanese martial art, because otherwise, you know, why would you, why would well, you the, use well, any of those do, others as your inspiration? They do bow to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they bounce. Boing. It needed the Captain Kirk fight music in the background. Oh, it needed something. There was, like, there was, I, I don't remember any music during the scene. It's just, hi, boing, doink, doink, tap, 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 tap. The, the fight but music definitely would have helped. There is, there is music, it says here, but it's not by the regular composer Albert Elms. The gong well, which showed up the scene was changing scenes number two. Uh, after which oriental music is heard for most oh, of the right. by yeah. French composer Nino Nardini. Maybe that's However, why this was broken up by a phrase of deeper plucked notes of a different tone, which came from Edward Charles's composition Kabuki. What if they had put so, the yeah, theme so there song is a from, uh, from uh, what's called Hong Kong Fui? Yeah. I don't think that would work. <laughs> the superhero Sarge no Rosemary the telephone operator no Henry the mild mannered janitor could be Hong Kong Pooey number one super guy Hong Kong Pooey quicker than the human eye he's got style a groovy style and a part that just won't stop when the going gets rough, he's super tough with a Hong Kong fooey chop. Yeah! Hong Kong fooey, number one super guy. Hong Kong fooey, quicker than the human eye. Tick-chong, 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 the last two episodes of Danger Man that he made, the only ones he made in colour, <coughs> were set in Japan. 
So I, I do wonder if that's some of that carried over, because one of them is called Kuroshi, which isn't a million miles away from Koshu, Kosho, whatever they call it. Mm. So they're the only two episodes of Danger Man that they made in colour, and they were both set in Japan, and they were both cut together to make one of those cheapo films that TV shows used to release. So there may be a connection there. I'm still kind of at a loss for the reasoning for killing him off. Not, not, you know, I go with what, what Bill said about, you know, you have all this information, they're not going to just let you leave. But why don't they just keep him in the village the same way they do with number six? Yeah, uh, that, that, they didn't make a lot of sense to me either, that. It's like the running man, they don't want to pay off the pension. Maybe it's the new number two that is trying to find a way to manipulate, or he's trying to work his way into how to break, not, not get, uh, to break six, because he seems a little ticked off when they like make things easy for the girl to get in. He's like, "Well, that was sloppy. Why? Why did you unlock the door? Now he's going to know that we were involved. He's like, he's going to know you're involved anyway. You guys know everything in, in the village." Yeah, he's he's not stupid enough to think you aren't involved in any way. And uh, he says that he's like, you know, they're watching, always watching. <laughs> <laughs> they also break their own rules in this, and it's it's all numbers. Yet the watchmaker calls his daughter by her name. Well, but he's a he's he's a rebel, so of course he's not going to follow the. Uh, That's true. He calls yeah. her Monique at one point. Yeah. And there's all, did you notice there seems to be a lot of post-production fiddling with this one? <coughs> well, one thing I noticed was when the watchmaker's daughter, when her first shot, when she steps on the ground, the ground, what, what, what was it me or did the whole ground move? No, I the ground just, moved. Okay, because I was like, wow, what the? Yeah, it, it happens again later with the fight between six and 100. Yeah. He throws 100 at the bank that they both rolled down, and it, it bends inwards. Ah, <laughs> uh, the 60s. Yes, the, you know, that's what you get for not filming on location. I just, there the seemed like an awful lot of places where they'd overdubbed dialogue or lips moving without dialogue being spoken and stuff like that. Implying there was a lot of post-production fiddle-fuckery going on with this one. Brian Nesbitt's, uh, Darren Nesbitt's great as number two. I think he was, it, it's interesting to get a younger guy doing it and being full of vi, vim and vinegar. So mm-hmm. I liked him as number two. I thought he was fascinating, even if he does look like Joe 90. Nah, Only I would... watched Joe 90? Only me watched that? Is that the, uh, is Joe that the, an, is that the animated, um, is that the marionette thing? Yeah, it's, it's the Jerry Anderson puppet show oh. about the 10-year-old kid who's brainwashed into being a spy. It's not dark at all. <laughs> Wait, what? It's, it's absolutely true. Joe 90 was, I think it was, was it the last... Super Marionation thing they did before they moved on to UFO and Space 1999. And it's about this 10-year-old boy, Joe, whose dad has invented this brain machine that can implant upon him any job or things that he'll need for any mission. And then he starts doing that. And his first episode, he's a fighter pilot. It's basically, it's Quantum Leap again. Oh, In the or, second episode, he's whatever. But, yeah, by the time this kid's 20, he's going to need serious therapy. But uh, it's got a great theme song. 
I was I was distracted because I thought Rover was cu- coming up through my uh, uh, utility sink here in the garage. <laughs> I think it's time to go. Uh, maybe there's something plug in the pipes again because I heard blah, 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 blah. I, was, I was waiting for the roar and, you know, to be suffocated by a balloon. Then that's him stock footage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We saw there was. Uh, oh, no, no, that's right. We didn't see Rover this. Uh, we've got prisoner news. I just realized. Do we? Yes. Go on. There, Rover was shot down over the United States. Oh, <laughs> Russian spy. Yeah. Yes, yes. They finally caught that booger. Yeah, poor, well, he's got kids. So. Yeah. yeah. And he was um, apparently carrying a lot of camera else. equipment. Maybe he was just meeting up with his kids for holiday and. They yeah. just blew him out of the sky. Poor yeah, Rover. Poor Rover. Anyway, have we exhausted it to your funeral? Even though it's, I quite like this episode. I think it's funny. I mean, there's a lot of things that would you would think it would not be as good, being partial clip show, maybe a little disjointed. This is a change of pace, but I I still like the performances. I still like, I guess, the energy of the of uh, the new number two. He seems like he's like really out to set a name for himself. It just yeah. doesn't go his way. Uh, six that is his most obstreperous, probably reflecting Patrick McEwen's state I know, of mind. I know. <laughs> At the time that they filmed it, but I love. I think Darren Nesbitt's brilliant in it. I think he's great as the new number two. I think there's yeah, there's a youthful joie de vivre to him that I, we haven't necessarily seen before i did read so- something about him when he plays a gestapo agent in um where eagles dare hmm. that he actually for authenticity he went and found a former gestapo officer to get acting points darren nesbitt did yes what i read that in, i read that in his imdb wow well, that's commitment to the bit. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, that's a lot of commitment there. Woof. Yeah. Well, it's, well Darren, Nesbitt's in, Darren Nesbitt's in the Man Who Came Back episode of UFO. with He's Wanda Ventham's boyfriend. So even though they don't, I don't think they share any scenes in this episode. Oh, yeah, they do, because she reads the ticker tape thing to him, doesn't she? Yes. So they will work together again in an episode of UFO. He's had a lot of spouses, and he's still alive. Yeah, Darren Nesbitt's still around. He was in something recently. Uh, he played, yeah, there was something on his IMDb about in 2020. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't show it, but it does show he played in a uh, he played as a drag queen in uh, a show movie called Tucked. Oh, he's, no, he's in the the Haunting of Margaret Castle. I think we watched that. Oh, that is the latest. Yeah, it's a cheaper but, horror film. And then prior to that, yeah. he was in Tucked. Yes. And he's, you know, he was in everything in the 60s and 70s. If you scroll down to the, he's in The Persuaders with Roger Moore, which is a great show. You ever watched that? I've heard of it. I've never no. seen it. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The Persuaders. Roger Moore, Tony Curtis, absolute laugh from start to finish. Yeah, he's in Where Eagles Dirt. He's in Man in a Suitcase. He's in loads of stuff. Darren Nesbitt. But what I want to see is the amorous milkman. Yeah, it's, do you really know? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds interesting. 
is that is that a, a 1970 sex comedy of which 19, we made many? Yeah, it's 1975. Let's see. It says a British comedy film. Oh wait, it mm. says it is 1975 British comedy film directed by Darren Nasmith, uh, Nesbitt, oh, okay. and starring Julie Egg, Diana Doors, and Brendan Price. The plot is about a young milkman who enjoys a number of adventures with bored women on his round. There you is go. Diana Doors' uh, claim to fame? No. She's, she's in the Prince Charming video with Adam she and She was married to Richard Dawson. Really? That's, that's not a claim to fame. Being in an Adam and the Ants video is better than that. I don't know. Wait, which which, which Adam and the Ants video? Prince Charming. Oh, okay. All right. I was thinking of uh, Goody Two Shoes, which is... No, uh, she's not uh, in Goody Two Shoes. Which is what's-her-name? Oh, God. Goody Two Goody too, goody. Oh, that's the one that the one that's the the Bond girl in the Spy Who Loved Me in the helicopter that gets blown up. Carolyn Monroe. Carolyn Monroe, and she's got that skunk streak in her hair in that video too. Just makes her look even hotter. You need a cold shower. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I've said too much. Oh, I haven't said enough. I, I was going to go with that, but I held back. Why? Why would you ever well, do that? Well, first of all, you beat me Is to that... it. <laughs> We've never done it that on this show before. I don't know. I thought that I but heard Darren you laughing. Smith not only directed that, he, he also, uh, he played one of the replacement milkmen, but he's, in, uh, and I guess that was uncredited, but he was the writer, director, and the producer. So there you go. Uh, he, learned, he learned that from number six. He did. I learned it from so. you. So, did we like this one? Me and Bill did. <laughs> I liked it, but I found it not confusing in the story, but confusing as to motivations and stuff. So that kind of just took a, took me out of it in some ways. Uh-huh. Well, I agree get, entirely. get used to confusion. Oh, <laughs> oh, can I just say as well, if you're in the UK, The Prisoner is now on ITVX. So you can stream that for free, if oh. you so desire. ITVX is the new streaming platform for the ITV network, for those that are not in the UK. Uh, I've been watching Smallville on the recently. <laughs> Somebody save me. You know, I have the album, I, well, I have the CD, I have the album of the, that, uh, not, not of Smallville, of the band or group that did that uh remy zero remy zero i have that album are there any other songs on it you've ever heard nope <laughs> never listened to another song just that they, they probably made enough money from 10 years of smallville that it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> anyway go on then should we write it sure I don't know. I don't know about this one. It's not a great episode of The Prisoner. It is a great 1960s episode of an ITC spy show. And fair play to them, as we mentioned, they avoid the obvious ending and go for something a little bit more subtle. And I do love Six just driving the knife in. I don't care what happens to you, as long as it's not here. They can kill you the minute you get off the helicopter. Ty wouldn't <laughs> shed a tear, as long as it's not here. So he, he gets one over on both the outgoing and the incoming number two in one go. So that's nice. 
Darren Nesbitt's great. It's an all-star cast of It's That Guy, which is always fun. <laughs> but it's so it depends on what we're judging it. As an episode of The Prisoner, it's a solid three. It's middle of the road all the way. But as an enjoyable piece of television, it's, it's a four. Easy. And I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go with it. I don't know whether to go for a four or go for a three. I say let's split the difference you and go yours. with a three and a half. Yeah, we'll go with a three and a half. It's it's not a great episode of The Prisoner, but I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't love every minute of it. Especially that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say I couldn't. I couldn't say I loved every minute of it. Could and again, it was a lot of it, it was the confusion of motivations. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of comfortable with three and a half on it. it. It was it was there was fun stuff going on, but it felt like it was slapped together a little bit. I, that's a definite legitimate criticism. It does feel like this episode was what thirty eight minutes in the edit bay. And they've had to go back and add another five to seven minutes to bring it up the runtime. Yeah. That's that's about how I felt, too. I felt it was a bit padded out. Uh, the trampoline thing kind of... I couldn't figure that one out. It felt to be a little bit of a clip show. The ending was solid. With the, Like I said, I thought they were going to blow the helicopter up, so you surprised me. <laughs> but I went with a three overall. It, it wasn't one of my favorites. Um, when you were giving your review, Andy, I was just hearing no, number six saying, "You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here." <laughs> <laughs> Closing time. Uh, I will give it. Uh, one trampoline, one watch, one bomb, and half a pair of glasses to give it a 3.5, because I think that's fair. It's 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 disjointed. It is a good episode, but it's nah, it's just, it's off. And I hate to say that, but, but yeah, it's just a little off. It's a little weird. You could but Darren Nesbeth is great. Way. Yes. We're a little off and a little weird. I, well, like Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Broken, sometimes what's it, but still good. Yeah, still good. And now and now we bow and we give the ring to... We, we bow and give the Koshu ring to, to Blaine. Hi, guys. This is an interesting twist. I like the idea that number six is forced to protect number two for the sake of the people. The enemy of the enemy of my friend, I guess. It's also unusual to have number six as the manipulated person instead of number 50. He's the puppet this time. I also appreciate the different versions of number two that we see here. We know McGowan only wanted to do seven episodes, and his agent wanted 34, so the 17-episode count was a compromise. Of the ten episodes that McGowan didn't want to do in the first place, we've now seen six, and this is my favorite. Next up, Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling, which is episode 13 on iTunes. Do not forsake me, oh my darling. So, so I'm going to have Gary Cooper as number one? two. Hey, if Grace Kelly's in it, I'm there. She'd have to be number ten, because she's a ten. No, 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 no. I'm going to quote Angela. There's a ten, and then there's Grace Kelly. Mm. Mm. So, so Angela's a big Grace Kelly fan? 
Yep. I didn't know that. Very good, Angela. Good job. We watched uh, It Takes a Thief again the other day. What a great film. Okay, so <laughs> I guess we don't have too many comments on Blaine's take on it. So therefore, that's what he thought. He's well, he, statistically, he's absolutely correct that we have watched that many, and there are that many left. <laughs> but what are we doing next time? Next time, my body lies over the ocean. Oh, bring back my body to me. Yeah, very Do good. Do not forsake me, oh my darling. This is the prisoner as you know him. This is the prisoner as he appears in... Do not forsake me, oh my darling. No one will believe that within this body lives the mind and personality of another man. The man you know as the prisoner. Who else could have given you that message? Potip. Couldn't you say... Nobody but you. We have met before, but you can possibly remember me because the first time we met, I looked like this. <laughs> the prisoner is the same, only his body is different in the next dramatic adventure of The Prisoner on this channel. Andy got that. You guys will, uh, too. They'll get it retroactively, Bill. Yes. Well, retroactively, they'll find it very funny. I like retroactively yes. finding things. Yes. So, so laugh now <laughs> for the future. <laughs> I'm not a number. I'm, well, never mind. Don't, yeah, don't, don't want to spoil it. Don't want to spoil it. No, 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 no. Don't spoil that one. Where am I? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so what? they they do mind trickery with number six? Say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've never done that before. No, no. And the episode after that is called a change of mind. They almost could have flipped those. Yes, that they they could. Yes. Do yes. not for certain. Because yeah, we've had hammering thing you know, we? are not hammering to We've not had hammering to anvil yet, have we? No, no, we have Do Not Forsake Me, A Change of Mind, Hammer into Anvil, The Girl Who Was Death, uh, Once Upon a Time, and Fallout. Is wow. What is right, Hammer into Anvil. I remember Hammer into Anvil being a cracker. That one I don't remember. I remember that one being great. I love that one. And I don't remember A Change of Mind much either. I, I don't mean, remember A Change of Mind at I all. Either. I kind of skimmed ahead and watched. It's it, it has a lot to say about possible social media, is all I'll say. Before social Change media. of Mind? Yeah. Oh, cool. People cool. going, oh, not a conformist. Ah, blah, 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 blah. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, really? I'm, I'm, two, I'm looking three, four, five, six left. I have thoroughly enjoyed doing this. Every week. Well, every week. <laughs> it's been six weeks since we've done one. But every time I pop in the DVD, I settle myself down and think, God, this is a good show. And every time, quite frankly... And then I got to come on here and talk shit with you guys. Every time I watch it, I think to myself, I'm glad we're doing this because I actually would have given up on this show if I was watching it with no one to talk to. <laughs> Me too. 
Really? Yeah, I would have. I'd have watched this, all 17. This is not done. the show where I would have stayed with it and binged it. Oh, I don't think you should binge it. No. You need time to think stuff. about it. Time. Yeah. Time enough at last. Time is luxury. It's yeah. not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> My oh, VCR is broken. All right, so I'll do not for sale. That, that, it's, I'm looking forward to what you two think of that one. <laughs> and you know what? Because I think I don't know how long it'll well, take for me to tell you, but our listeners will know in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Oh, I thought we'd stop recording. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we've recorded and what we haven't, because we never actually said bye bye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Bye bye. Yeah. Be seeing you. Who are you? The village people. Who are the supervisor, Paul Spataro. The chess master, Dave Pascarella. Rover, Dr. Bill Robinson. And Andrew Leyland as the butler. The village people. Investigating the prisoner.